I felt like somebody had just taken a rubber and erased my whole confidence and self-esteem and I was starting again from scratch. Oh my God, they're still talking about it now. I mean, she's in her <laughs> 60s, but they will not stop talking about the fact she has bony pants. <laughs> Hello, you're listening to The Leap Podcast with Katie Lee. Today I'm interviewing Joe Bahari, entrepreneur, mother, all-round fabulous human being. Hi Joe. Hi Katie. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your uh, child situation. So I've got two children, a three-year-old and a six-month-old. And I'm self-employed, so I'm constantly trying to juggle childcare, children, work, life, etc. And tell me a little bit about how you started out. So um, in 2006, I set up um, a company, a property maintenance company, um, which grew to quite a substantial size. And I thought that running a business like that and having children would be the perfect situation because I can... Um, choose my own hours, yet I've still got a good business, so I've got income coming in. But actually, when I had my daughter, after about eight months, I realised that I wasn't doing either job well, I wasn't running the business well, and I wasn't being a particularly good mother. So um, juggling both proved to be difficult, and I realised that I had to make a choice between the two. What makes you say you weren't being a good mother? I was constantly on the phone when I was supposed to be playing with her and looking at her and feeding her and, you know, would just constantly walk around the house with her on one hip and a phone in the other hand trying to have business-related conversations. Um, I would desperately try and get her to sleep so that I could do work emails and catch up with my work stuff. And I just felt like I was pushing her to the side mm. so that I could do focus on the work stuff. So how did you share at the time? How were you sharing sort of childcare with your husband and your nanny? Um, so at the time, when she was little, she went to... She actually went to nursery at three months. Oh, really? Which was How hard. Did, yeah. Because she was so tiny and I was feeding her and she wasn't taking a bottle, so that was really difficult. Right, that so that was been fun. That was really good fun. So we had to find a nursery that was close to my office, so I would commute with her um, every day into Waterloo which is just ridiculous taking a tiny baby on the tube in a rush hour oh so God. that she was close to my work so that I could go and feed her in the middle of the day um but that was from three months but actually you know I was working four days after I had her I was at a meeting um and doing various work emails and stuff like that so I would take her with me um I would take her into the office with me or I would try and get a friend to look after her I was also running a different business at the same time, and I ended up with a, in a very... Of course you were. So you were running two businesses and you had a three-month-old baby. Yeah, I'm running two businesses, had a three-month-old baby. Um, you know, life was pretty hectic. The second business was only newly established, um, so it had only been around for about eight or nine months. So kind of the duration of my pregnancy, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I ended up in a very bitter partnership dispute with the woman that, was, that I was running that business with. So after about eight months of arguing, um, I decided to kind of walk away from that. But I think that sent me into an emotional spiral. I had a very small baby. You know, at this point, she was like eight months old. I just spent a long time arguing with a business partner about the state of um, the other business. And I decided to kind of jack it all in and walk away from the original business that I'd set up. And somebody made me an offer. 
I took the offer. Um, in hindsight, it wasn't the right thing for the business. And unfortunately, it's no longer operational. So I made a decision to move away from both the businesses. Um, but what that gave me was more time to spend with my daughter. And that was definitely the right decision. Why do you think you were in a bad place emotionally? I think when you have a child, when you become a mother, you learn new things about yourself and you completely change as a person. And it is an emotional roller coaster. You know, I was feeding her. Um, she was awake every two hours in the night, so I was sleep deprived. Mm -hmm. My hormones were all over the place because I was breastfeeding. I was stressed because of, you know, issues that were happening in both businesses. So I had, a, I felt like I had a lot on my plate and I just, I guess I kind of had an emotional breakdown. And for me, the right thing at that point was to move away from, or cut off some of the things that were causing the stress in my life. And that was the businesses. Yeah. Do you think you were surprised by how the emotions affected you or how you changed as a person? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, before I had my daughter, I thought I was this strong kind of independent woman, really sure of myself, really confident, you know, and I wasn't like that when I was young, when I was a teenager, but I'd spent a long time developing myself yeah. and becoming this kind of strong character. And I was really proud of myself and proud of who I had become. But I felt like when I had her, I was taken back to the beginning, you know, taken yeah. back to who I was before. And I had to, to refine myself, which sounds a bit woo woo, but you know, I, I really was surprised at what the the emotional strain and change that happened within me. Um, and I think it can't be underestimated, really. I think it's interesting that um, we're sort of, you're sort of told, and maybe for people like us, it's not really what you want to hear, that when you have a baby, everything changes and your attitude will change to this, that and the other. And in lots of ways, I don't think that's necessarily true. But there are certain, what I don't think I was prepared for was the self-esteem. Mm -hmm. I didn't, no one said what you'll find is you just lose all your confidence or you just feel really, you know, weird and your center of gravity changes and you feel strange and, you know, you've got these weird giant breasts that you didn't have before <laughs> and that will make you feel odd. And I think that's, um, that's almost like we almost sort of should be warning other mothers that that's what happens, yeah. you know, that it's not just that you change because maybe you do, maybe you don't, but actually it might be that you feel less capable than you used to and that's yeah. a strange experience I definitely found that and I felt like there was a lot of self-doubt you know there's this tiny little baby that's looking to me for everything and I it was a first-time mother I didn't know anything and I didn't know what I was doing but also because of the stresses in my business life I was questioning everything and I don't know whether that would have been the same had I been you know, employed by a big corporate company and was on maternity leave for a year. Yeah. Whether, you know, during that year I would have just focused on her and therefore I wouldn't have that emotional strain. But I felt like somebody had just taken a rubber and erased my whole confidence and self-esteem and I was starting again from scratch. So did you set, you set up your um, home Jane business on your own or did you have a partner there? I set that one up on my own. Yeah. Um, and then, and that was in 2006. So I'd been running that for quite a while. And it so was you were only, how old were you then? Like 20? Oh, 20 six I think yeah, yeah. same as me right? yeah, yeah 26 so you know in my 20s living in London setting up my own business I thought I was the bee's knees yeah bulletproof yeah absolutely I was totally bulletproof and I'd been running that business and it was really established for such a long time that I really did think it would be fine to have a child and do and yeah. run the business yeah, yeah. at the same time but you know I, I think I underestimated how much 
the, how much energy having children takes. Again, I think that's what really surprised me is that I, you know, I was happy to work around, you know, I worked all the time and I, I you know, I was a huge workaholic. It didn't really occur to me to fact, I thought, well, I, you know, I knew I would be tired, the sort of, you know, the stereotype that there would be tiredness, but I don't think that even when you've had a good night's sleep, you don't necessarily, I mean, I think it takes like months to recover mm. from the sleep deprivation, even if you start sleep, you know, the baby starts sleeping through, you actually still feel rubbish, even, you know, especially if you're breastfeeding and I don't think you realise, and now, you know, now having older ones, I don't know if you find this, but actually just the drain on them, I don't mean to make it sound like they're well, but they are really, aren't they? They're just like, you know, going on and on and on. And every, certainly for me, I've got a five-year-old and a two-year-old. And, you know, there's just the sort of morning trying to get ready for school. Yeah. And just the, ex- like, just how, just the mental exhaustion of those yeah. basic tasks. It's relentless. Yeah. And I don't use that word lightly. It is absolutely relentless. And you cannot relax until they're asleep. And then when you have a baby, you can't relax for long because they're not asleep for long. And yeah. I think you're right. The sleep deprivation should not be underestimated. And... I don't think people talk about that enough because it's a phase, they'll grow out of it, you know, and then you read all these books, your children should be sleeping through the night by six weeks, if they're not, you're doing something wrong, you know, and all all people are different, so how can we expect all yeah. babies to be the same? My five-year-old is the one who regularly wakes me up, and she, uh, well, my husband, actually more my husband, um, but she, she's been doing that now for five years, mm. you know, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. she's, she slept brilliantly for a baby, but she carried on sleeping like a baby. Yeah. You know? So she was still waking in the night. And it's, you know, you just sort of like, well, one day, one day there'll be teenagers and we'll be able to sleep. <laughs> and we won't be able to get them up. Yeah, quite. But I do wonder whether my sleep has been totally damaged. Like, no, that's ever, it. Ever no, no, no. Again, my sister's gonna... always awake at six, no matter what. Yeah, no exactly. What <laughs> um, so could you tell me a little bit more about... Um, you know, how did you how did you feel when you were having to work around the baby in terms of, you know, if there was anything you could have changed about your childcare situation and the sort of things you were doing at the time, what, what do you think you'd have done differently? Um, I don't think I would have necessarily have done anything differently. Um, but the key worker that my daughter had at her nursery and the nursery were absolutely brilliant. The key worker was totally in love with Bobby and, you know, that made things a lot easier. So I knew that she was in good hands. But I felt torn all the time I felt guilty when I dropped her off I felt guilty when I got to the office I felt guilty when I left the office and picked her up you know I felt guilty that I was spending time with her and wasn't at the office when I was at the office I felt guilty that I wasn't spending time with her you know it was just a barrel of guilt the whole time and I didn't feel like I was giving anybody enough of my time and I felt torn in in numerous different directions um and i I think the the main feeling for me was I just didn't feel like anybody was, apart from my husband, was really supporting me in any of that. Yeah. My business partner, my office manager, you know, they wanted me to be where they needed me, not, you know, realising that I needed to be with my child. And so. you and did you commit to going into the office? Did you work from home at all? Or? Yeah, so I, um, from three months, I worked in the office three days a week and I was at home two days. Before that, I was in and out all the time so I was in the in the office with the baby for half a day then I'd come home and I'd do work and emails or in the evening when she was asleep um but the two days when she was in nursery for three days a week the two days that I was at home with her I was still answering calls and answering emails so can you tell me a bit about kind of when you started to feel normal again and how think why do you think things started to change for you um I probably didn't feel normal again until 
I probably started to feel normal when she was around one. You know, when you're a lot more sure of yourself as a mother, um, I had taken a lot of the stresses away that were causing additional problems. So I was just focusing on her. And I felt that by only having that one, that one thing to focus on, I was a lot more, I don't know, a lot more capable and a lot more... Did you stop working then? So did you... I took three months off. So when she was nine months old, I took three months off. And my God, I was bored. I was really bored for the first six weeks it was absolutely brilliant because I could play with her I could go and have coffee I could go you know meet friends that were doing like baby activities and go to baby yoga and baby sensory and all those things I felt I'd missed out on um but by the end of the day I would be really bored and after about six weeks I was like right I need to I need to do something else. So that was at the end of 2012 and I said to myself in January 2013 I would start working again. So how, and the second time around, did you experience the same roller coaster, or do you feel like you managed it better? Talk me through. Well, I've got a six-month-old now, and I'm clearly on top of my game. Yeah, I noticed that about you. <laughs> um, <laughs> this time round, I said to myself I would have six months off. Yeah, and I wouldn't do any work for six months. I have done a lot of work in six yes. months, um, and I, I don't know. This time round, the emotional roller coaster is. It's there, but you can handle it more because you know that it will end at some point. So, you know, the whole breastfeeding, emotions, hormones, all that kind of stuff, the sleep deprivation. I feel like I can handle that better because I know it is a phase and it will pass. Um, Whereas first time around, I was like, when will this end? Um, But the work wise, you know, I... I'm really still juggling emails and uh, work calls and, you know, trying to get the baby to sleep so that I can do yeah. any of the things that, any of the number of things that I need to be, need to be done. But I am not feeling so guilty about it, you know, and I don't feel, because I'm working for myself and I'm doing my own freelance stuff, I don't feel like I've got an office full of people relying on me or, you know, a team of tradeswomen out there that are relying on me. I'm just doing stuff for myself so if it doesn't happen it's only me that's going to get annoyed about it and that feels much easier to cope with that's interesting so you think that maybe it's because you removed a lot of the the work stresses that maybe weren't really necessary yeah I mean I I know that that's exactly what I did the second time around I you know I used to have lots of people working for me lots of um you know I made a work call as soon as I gave birth to tell you know to tell some people working for me what I needed them to do that day literally you know while I was still um I I think I'd just been stitched and I I was like right give me the phone I'll make a call then I can relax and enjoy the rest of the day but this time around I was like it's actually easier for me just to to take a lot of those things away and just do the work myself and although it means I end up doing a lot of like I guess the fairly sort of mundane stuff at least Mm -hmm. I then get to finish yeah Um, no one's relying on me for anything that's the key thing I think for me was nobody this time nobody is relying on me you know, I don't have staff that I need to pay. I don't have staff that if they can't handle something, it won't get done unless I make that phone call or I reply to that email. You know, it's all on me and that feels so much more controlled. Yeah, that's actually, it's almost though a little mental trick because it's actually, they're not really any different. You still have to make that call yeah. or do that work. But it's just something additional about having another person involved. I think that the guilt is a really interesting thing for me because I think that's where... I mean, people, again, people talk a lot about guilt, you know, and how mothers will feel guilty and they'll feel torn. But I don't think you realise how much 
of a mental drain that is. A lot of your brain space is taken up with feeling guilty and thinking about how you could maybe, you know, work around it and thinking I've got to work this evening and but you've already done, you know, you've used up all your willpower doing loads of laundry or, you know, doing various other ad, basic boring admin stuff, then it can be really hard to keep that kind of positivity and keep mm. happy. So I think guilt is a really interesting... Yeah. You know, it's almost like... It almost takes on a, a kind of physical presence where it's kind yeah. of... It's actually something you carry around with you. Absolutely. Along with the baby. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. And I think that's one of the things that I have... I'm so shocked about becoming a mother. But when you talk to other mothers... Guilt is the most common emotion that they feel all of the time. Guilt about something. I'm not giving my child enough. I'm not doing enough around the house. I'm not cooking often enough. I'm not making the right food for my child. You know, whatever it is, you feel guilty. And I always say, I think they took out my placenta and replaced it with a guilt chip or something. Yeah. Because <laughs> I have never felt guilt in the same volume that I do since becoming a mother and becoming a mother second time round. It just doubles. Yeah. <laughs> it just yeah. doubles. But why? Why is that? You know, why should we feel guilty about the fact that, you know, I didn't make purees for my son this week and I gave him a pouch instead? You know, yeah. why should I feel guilty that the washing hasn't been done again and I'm going to, you know, have to uh, buy new pants instead, of, <laughs> instead yeah. of having clean ones? Yeah. Why should I feel guilty about that? I'm still doing a fairly good job as a mother. No one will read that out at your funeral. No. It's not <laughs> It's not something that's going to define you as a human on this earth. It's not like, oh my God, they're still talking about it now. I mean, she's in her 60s, but they will not stop talking about the fact she had to buy new pants instead of washing old ones. But I think there's a, there's, there's a strange... Um, again, that comes down to us judging ourselves as well and, yes. ju- and you know, maybe re- remembering how... Our, our parents or our parents' parents judged women for their behaviour, you know, was your front door step scrubbed and, you know, was mm. your house tidy and do you keep um, on top of, you know, the basic boring stuff? I think I was talking to someone a while ago and they made some comment about, oh, I'm not going to be one of those mothers that sends their child to school in a in a skirt that they've baby wiped clean. And it's like, I am that mother. Yeah. And actually, I don't really care because she's yeah. only going to go to school and get it dirty anyway. Like, I, you know, I'm just going to choose to not care about that because it's um, something I could really beat myself up about. And what's I'm not wrong with to. that? You know, it's... Uh, I have a friend who deals with, um, you know, a lot of people that are um, alcoholics and drug addicts and, you know, a lot of teenage mothers and they're really struggling bringing up their children. And actually, I'm doing a fairly good job. Yes. I'm there yeah. for them every day. I look after them when they're sick. I brush their hair every day. Occasionally I wash their clothes. I don't always brush their hair. <laughs> well... <laughs> But, you know, I'm I'm doing okay. I yeah. tell them I love them and I'm there for them. And surely that should be the main thing, that I love them and that I'm there for them when they need me, not that they've got clean knickers on. Yeah, it's a real it's, it's a real modern, sort of middle-class malaise. Of yes. sort of, it's almost like a luxury of guilt that we should just sort of get over ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, does it matter if my front step is clean? I mean, it's not, just so you know. <laughs> and my neighbour does clean her front step every week. And my husband jokes and says... Stacey's cleaning her step again. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> She's your arch nemesis. <laughs> step I don't know why she can't just do mine. I mean, it's just next door. <laughs> just be a good neighbour and clean your doorstep for you. <laughs> Think how much better your life would be if your step were clean. <laughs> I'm definitely not cleaning my doorstep. That would just... that you, I might as well just throw time into a well. <laughs> um, so, have you got any advice, Joe, for women going through this sort of experience? Don't feel so bloody guilty all the time about things that you don't need to feel guilty about. And I know that's really difficult, but, you know, that's 
one of the things that I think is a common theme amongst all of my friends that are mothers is we feel guilty about stupid, ridiculous things like clean pants. Yeah. Um, don't feel so guilty and don't beat yourself up. You know, if you care about your children and you're there for them, that's kind of all that matters. You know, they're not going to grow up as teenagers and go, well, you know, you didn't brush my hair every day. You didn't give me a bath every day. What matters is that you're emotionally there for them. Um, and I don't know, get a cleaner. Just get a cleaner. I can can I say that I had a cleaner when I couldn't afford a cleaner, could not afford anything, and I just it, I clung to just having the cleaner because we stopped having one for a while, and then I just thought we're going to get a divorce if we mm. don't have a cleaner. Yeah, and um, I I prioritised it above everything. And I prioritise it above everything as well because it stops me and my husband having arguments. Yeah, that's exactly what it doesn't fully stop us because well, the house, no. she'd have to come every day uh, <laughs> yes. to stop that from happening. But... She'd probably have to move in. <laughs> yeah, she'd just have to live with us <laughs> and help raise our children, frankly, and us. I think it's interesting with the guilt thing because um, actually you can almost, if you've got the energy, which you don't, for the, certainly not for the first time, but if you can just actually just say to yourself, right, that's it. I'm going to, okay, there's a guilt. There it is. I'm going to just say there it is. It's happening. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to think about, I'm going to, I'll do guilty later. Or I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll just going to move that to one side. I'm just going to pop that into a little mental box. Yeah. Recognise it and put it in a box. Yes. Do you think that part of the issue is that you don't, you don't have podcasts like this aimed at men to yeah. deal with their issues around having children, how they felt after it? Yeah. I mean, I remember the first time I went out after my husband went back to work and I went out of the house the first time on my own with a baby and I dropped my phone down the loo and I couldn't find the nappies and I was late for a doctor's appointment and I had this whole bag of stuff with you know every single eventuality catered for in it and I thought to myself when I left the house oh and when I put the buggy outside for the first time I didn't put the brake on it so it rolled into the middle of the road obviously of course um and so as I was crying on the way to the doctor's appointment, I thought about my husband. And I thought, he went out of the house this morning with his Oyster card, yeah. his mobile phone, yeah. and his wallet. And, a and sense, he put his and headphones a, and on. And a spring in his step. <laughs> you know, and I don't think I have left the house with just my mobile phone, my wallet, and my Oyster card yeah. for three years. Um, and I just thought about that kind of the, the responsibility, just the simple thing of leaving the house. Yeah, with your self-respect. Yeah. Just your self-respect. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always leave that I be. always leave that behind. Always. <laughs> well, I lost mine a long time ago and I've never found it since. So <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what happened to my poise either. I don't, I'm not sure I ever had any of that. But. but I would like to say that, you know, having children and becoming a mother has actually been the best thing that I have ever done. It is excruciatingly exhausting and it is really, really hard work. But I love a challenge and I love hard work. And having children is amazing. You know, I feel like they they make me a better person or they make me want to try and be a better person I've got a six month old so I'm maybe not a better person at the moment but soon I will be yes you know and I'm doing that for them and yeah they do make my life a better place (laughs) I don't want to sound like I'm just whinging about them all the time (laughs) I always whinge about mine all the time (laughs) they're okay you love them really though I love them most when they're over there with their daddy that's when I love them the most (laughs) and I can look at them over there playing we're all the way over there. <laughs> I love that. And then I can just watch them and go, oh, I love them. I Aren't do they love lovely? Them when they're asleep. Yeah, they're lovely when they're asleep as well. You just go and touch their little faces. Yeah, but don't go too close. No. Because you might wake them and up. They, and then they shift and you just, you're out. Yeah. And it's never here. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, Joe. Thanks oh, for thank taking you. time to talk to me. And um, I think we've probably solved all of life's problems. Yeah, so that's absolutely. Good, good job. Yeah, let's have another biscuit.
that was me, Katie Lee, interviewing Joe Bahari in her kitchen. If you want to know more about Joe, she's Joe Bahari on Twitter, and I'm Shiny Katie. Music by Alex Mulway. <laughs>